Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Nabil Khatib would likely have me running in the opposite direction if we encountered each other on a dark path. He's the exact lookalike of every villain played in every movie ever written. However, since I know better... I'd be clinging to his arm, knowing he'd likely be the best to defend against any danger. A teddy bear wrapped in an MMA fighter. While he can play the tough guy on film, stunt double some fight scenes, and ride off like the Fast and the Furious, this former professional MMA fighter and fourth degree black belt is a softy to boot. Just give him a knife, and this chef would rather chop up a meal than use it as a weapon. Over the course of Nabil's professional fighting career, where his nickname was Nabil the Thrill, he also witnessed the influx of people, men, women, and children alike turning to the martial arts for its discipline, as well as the physical and emotional release. A way to combat stress and anxiety, and a tool used to help and hear the most silent of voices. As head coach of Team Bushido Fitness Center, their approach is confidence, balance, self-protection. Approaching the world with clarity, self-confidence, self-confidence and control over your body so we're gonna see where this podcast goes welcome to living your life with leanne lang the podcast brought to you by extension marketing and for more information you can head to extensionmarketing.com Nabil, do you think did i cover enough of it there <laughs> did i get it <laughs> you covered quite a bit that was quite an intro i can tell you that wow yeah but okay so and it was funny because right off the top i'm like okay did, am i saying your name right do i have it right and but there's a story there the name that, i mean the name my name is Nab. Nab- Nabil, you know, people called me that most of my life. And of course, with uh, with my career, Nabil the Thrill was a nickname that a friend of mine, Glenn, uh, Glenn Smurl gave me. Hey, Glenn. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun, you know, but, you know, I had a, a sister. I said sister passed away uh, last last uh, six months, eight months ago. And she actually is the one who named me. You know, she named me when I was born. She was uh, she was eight years older than me or so. So she she told my parents that they wanted the name. She wanted to name me Nabil. And, you know, since my career uh, ended, I'm, I'm, you know, retired and stuff, I wanted to change my name. Not necessarily change my name, but pronounce it properly, right? And it's actually pronounced Nabil. So Nabil the Thrill <laughs> doesn't, really, <laughs> doesn't really go well. But you know what? I, I'm in a different part of my life. I'm in a different, uh, you know, uh, part of my life right now. And I think that uh, I, 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 think I, I, I let it, actually put out it on social media, you know, I appreciate the Nabil the Thrill my whole, my whole career. But, but um the pronunciation to go back yeah, to the way she uh, meant for it, it to really, be. It really hits me deep when I think about it. So, um, so my sister. Did I say that you, he was a softy? <laughs> Honestly, you got this fierce-looking man, you know. And to think you, your sister must have meant a good sister. Yeah, she was a great sister. Yeah, my, my whole family is fantastic. Uh, so I wanted to change it, and I put it out on social media. You know, thank you for calling me the Bill, the Thrill, and so on. But my, you know, if you can pronounce my name, Nabil, it'd be great. And I even spell it now sometimes N A B E E L to make people understand. To make I, people understand that because yeah. it is spelled I L. Yeah, it is. So Nabil, it makes sense, right? So. You know what? It's funny that 
uh, the responsibility, you know, even as an eight-year-old to have, you know, you're old enough. A lot of times you're like two, three, right? When the sibling yeah. comes around. But when you've got an eight-year-old kind of going, okay, there's a, a new brother coming in. Yeah. That she was able to do that. Yeah. We're, we're uh, six kids. And I was the youngest. And uh, just, a, you know, a typical close uh, Lebanese family where, you know, always fooling around and having a good time. And, and, uh, and we, we took care of each other growing up. And it was a lot of fun. You're from the city. You're from Ottawa. Yeah, born and raised. Yeah. Okay, so born and raised, six kids in the family. Yeah. Uh, parents doing what to help keep six kids entertained? Oh my god, I don't even know what they did. I think we entertained ourselves for the right. most part because they were they're always busy at the restaurant. We had a, we had a restaurant growing up. Um, you know, we we were on uh, Wilbrod Street, right in in uh, in Sandy Hill, <laughs> and um, we, we had a little we had a little apartment upstairs, and I believe my dad had the building, uh, and then he he, he moved to uh, King Edward and St. Patrick. There was a, a restaurant, two little corner stores, and five apartments. So we lived upstairs in the apartment, and it was it was a three bedroom apartment with six kids. <laughs> and and so here's the start of the martial arts, <laughs> jumping yeah. from bed to bed and fighting off yeah, siblings for yeah. you know was yeah. that. I don't know, the youngest of six kids in a very small environment, you had to be feisty. You had to, did everyone have to I, just fight for what they needed? Man, I can, I can, I can, you know, I can tell you stories that's crazy. And with me, I, I was too young. I'm just, I'm just sitting back, sitting back and watching, seeing my brother and my sister, you know, fighting it out, duking it out with, with for whatever reason. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I remember a story where my, I'm not sure if it was my sister, I think she, she threw a, she threw a dustpan on my brother, maybe, and cut his lip open. He sees still a scar on his lip, a scar on his lip. And uh, we used to fight all the time. But I mean, it, it was it was it was a family fight. It was a love fight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was it was trying to trying to let each other know how we felt about something in a way that we were never taught, right? So we didn't know how to express ourselves. So we just we just fight or whatever. We'd yell or we you know we grew up in uh, in a small small apartment and. Uh, and run out of room, and uh, you know we'd run out of room it's in kind here of like as well. The, yeah, it's kind of like the cage that I think you spent oh, so yeah. many years in. <laughs> yeah. Take that apartment, put yourself in a cage, there and MMA go. fighting was like, hey, I'm home with my siblings yeah. at this yeah. point. It's very, yeah, it's very, very interesting. When did you start? When did you start to get involved in martial arts? I mean, and even back then, the mixed martial arts MMA really wasn't something that people were participating in back in those days. I, I was, uh, it was late. I was 25 or 26, I believe. So this wasn't something you were doing no. as a child. What what kept you no, busy then was, as a child? As a child, what kept me busy was running around the streets and being a moron, uh, like a lot of us were at this age, uh, at that age. Um, I used to, you know, I, I was a bit rebellious. My parents, you know, tried to raise us as Canadians or raise us as, as uh, um, Lebanese people living in Lebanon here in Canada. It doesn't really work that way. Do you know what I mean? So they tried to raise us with the same strict values and the same strict ideas um, in Lebanon. But they didn't... They didn't adapt. They didn't Canadian adapt. No, they, they, I, I believe they tried. I don't think they, I don't think they realized what, what an impact it was. Uh, you know, them trying to implement, you know, push their values and push their rules and push their, their ideas on, on us kids um, in this environment. It's very difficult. So I rebelled quite a bit, you know. I think I think half my my siblings did. Uh, well, I know half half my siblings did, uh, you know. And, and I and I, you know, I ran the streets as a kid, and you know, got into trouble quite a bit. And I quit high school a couple of times, and went back and quit, and went back and quit. I never finished high school. 
but you know, I I started to change a little bit. I I, I realized I I gotta straighten straighten up a little bit, and then I actually got a job as a as a manager at a gas station. I was pretty proud of myself. You know, had my own apartment and stuff. Um, but later on in life, um, things got really difficult. Got into some trouble. I'm sorry, you're th- saying later in life things later. got got later, difficult. Like, here I am arguing. <laughs> I've dropped out of school. Yeah, but I, I just graduate. I just said I know. But for right? me, for most people, they would think, okay, that already is. Oh, that that's a nothing. Tough... I, I've got a lot more stories oh, to tell you. Okay. Uh, by the time I was 18 years old, I was doing pretty good. But then 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 I I ran into trouble with with some friends. Uh, uh, there's. I was never really addicted to any kind of drugs in high school. I thought I mean, smoked weed and that type of thing, and, and drank and all kinds of things. But then, then later on in life, I sort of stopped all that stuff. I started working, trying to be, you know, trying to be an adult at, at 18 years old. Then I got caught with uh, with doing uh, not caught, but I, I got got caught into doing uh, some drugs, which wasn't really something I was into. But it was like oh, I was out one night with some friends and tried it out. It was a different drug I never tried before. And that was the, that was a very difficult time for me. So. Was it a very quick addicted? Very quick. The first, it was cocaine. It was the first, the first time I ever tried it. First time. And it was the most incredible feeling I've ever had in my life. Right. So going from, from a difficult childhood and going from, you know, lack of confidence and, and all these difficult times I had, I, I did this this drug and it turned me into a superstar. It was, it was incredible. And of course it was, went all downhill from there. So for, for, you know, okay, for, well, can you stop for a second? Yeah. Because right now we're hearing in the headlines, right? You've got these good kids going Absolutely, to a party. Yeah. They take this one and their entire life in a split second is over, is over yeah. or the life that they knew until mm. they hopefully are able to fight back and, and to, and to move forward. But, when you read the headlines, when you see the stories that are going on, when you see the fentanyl issues, like, do you, do you look, do you have any connection to these stories? I, I do. I do. The only, the only issue that I, um, that I have with it is that I don't, well, the only issue, the, the, the problem that I have is that I don't really understand, right? Cause I don't know what fentanyl does. I don't know what this does. I don't know what these things do. I know that they change your, uh, you know, you, you change you, how you feel and, and how you're acting. It makes you high and whatever. But I don't know what the, what the feeling is. But I know what, what cocaine did to me. Whether, whether, it's, whether it's cocaine or fentanyl or acid or whatever the drugs that they're using, it's, uh, it's, always, it's, always, uh, it's always something that they use to hide or get away from whatever, whatever's happening in their life. I get that. So for me to, for me to you know, to understand it is very difficult. But for me to, to know that it is it is a difficult thing to get away from i, I know that a thousand percent whatever the, whatever the whatever the drug is and whatever that whatever it make however it makes them feel when you do it this one time out with friends what happens when you wake up the next day like what was the oh, first thing i thought was wow that made me feel pretty incredible i was i was playing pool like a superstar i was talking to people like i was a champ of of anything i ever wanted to be and uh, and then I started saying to myself, "Wow, this this stuff must make a lot of money." So what do I do? I start selling it, and then you know, my 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 attitude uh, big I turned into a, a real I turned I turned into a real moron, yeah, to put it lightly. What was so, family reaction or your siblings' reaction to knowing what you were doing? They didn't know. I don't think I don't think they knew. 
didn't know for a while until until they I think they started realizing there was there was problems when they when I was missing uh, missing an action or when I you know wasn't showing up to events. Uh, then I think they started realizing that there was there was an issue because I never really talked to them about it. I just you know did what I did what I did. How long were you able to maintain this lifestyle? Um, you call it maintain. If you want to well, call it maintain, <laughs> well, you maintain. You were functioning. Yeah, functioning. Yeah, functioning. Criminal. Like I yeah, yeah. say, I, I did not add criminal <laughs> to the yeah, intro. No, and feel like, yeah, definitely. Know? Yeah, yeah. I didn't want you to add the criminal part until I tell you now. It's the first time you hear this. You never, you don't know. I had about no, me. no. Not many people know about it, about this because I don't, I don't really. Uh, it, it's not that I don't want people to know about it, but you mean, hey, uh, so how you doing? So yeah, I was, uh, I was a crackhead when I was eighteen. It's not really a conversation piece, right? So. But if you want to talk about, especially with the work that you're doing with so yeah, many yeah, people, right? Yeah. So, so how long did this stage? I'll say that. that what, this stage it, was about, it was about five years. Wow. Five years, yeah, five years, and then I ended up on the street for a bit, and uh, that was difficult. But you know what? When they say they they talk about uh, you know drug addiction, addicted people, they say that no one can help them and, and until they hit, hit rock bottom, then it's up for them to change. It's one thousand percent true with me. I went to rehab. They kicked me out. <laughs> Why? I don't know. They just they didn't think I was doing doing the job. I wasn't it wasn't re- I wasn't going I wasn't doing drugs or anything. They just didn't think I was following that process. And not everything not everything works for everyone. Um for me I just had to hit literally rock bottom and uh and after I quit I was I was married within a year. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, what what was rock bottom? If I was on the street. I lived on the street. I had no place to go, and um, I had no money. And uh, I, I, I moved into the Salvation Army. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I think it's uh, amazing when people's lives. You see people. I mean, I've seen you over the years. I've interviewed mm-hmm. you. I don't know how yeah. many times on the yeah. show to know the history or what people have had to battle to get where they are or that you can see someone who's light and happy and successful and not realize the road that they've had to travel to get to that point. Yeah, it's, it's, it is very interesting. And that's what I, I find interesting about people in general. Whenever I'm having conversa- conversations with people, I love to hear their story because sometimes I can relate, sometimes I can't. But maybe the story has, has, has nothing to do with me or anything else, but, I'm, but every, every, every story is very interesting. Because environment is is uh, is a very, has a lot of impact on on people's lives. My environment has big impact on me. So I just find that uh, I find that part of, of of life very interesting. And 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 for me to be able to pass on my knowledge and pass on my experience, um, it makes me feel good to help to be able to help other people. And you know, like I said, when 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 someone's addicted to drugs, you can't stop them. You can only give them advice. That's it. You can't tell them, hey, you're going to go to rehab, or you're gonna, you have to do this. You have as soon as somebody tells me I have to do something, guess what I'm going to do? Complete opposite. It's normal. When did you start to realize that you were coming out of this? That that there was a light at the end of the tunnel, that you were doing the right... No clue. Okay. No clue. I uh, went, into, uh, went into the Salvation Army. Uh, I told this story to a couple of people. I, I woke up uh, 24 hours later because I hadn't slept for seven days. And uh, had some food, went back to sleep, slept a few hours, woke up, walked down the street... George Street, got a job somehow. I don't know how. I applied at this job called the Peel Pub. Uh, three brothers owned it. All happened to be uh, 
<laughs> addicted to cocaine, apparently, from what I know, what I'm told, what I'm told. But I got the job. I worked there. And I haven't stopped. I haven't stopped working ever since. And I had no no desire to go back to it. You kept busy. Yep. Then you mentioned too that you got married got within married. a year. Because I because I asked you as we were sitting down, you know, how old the kids were, and they're yeah. like, oh, they're not so much kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 23, 25, and twenty eight. Yeah, this month. Do they know your story? Hundred percent. Yeah, told them when they were younger. Younger. When they were young. Yeah. You know, if you don't if you don't come out and tell stories like this, um, you know, they people talk about you know not letting your kids learn out on the street. I. I truly believe that 100% because the thing is that they, they, they learn things on the street sure but they're not going to learn it co- properly or they're going to learn that it's uh, you know uh, it's really cool to be like this or it's really fun to do this and it's fun to do that but they don't really know what the con- consequences can be you know no matter what it is whether it's you know smoking weed or doing cocaine or drinking too much or whatever the case uh, or watching porn or anything like that right by the time you're having these conversations, though, they're seeing you and you're living a very different yeah. life. By the time you're able to have these conversations where they're understanding this. So you're married young, mm-hmm. but you have three wonderful children. Yeah. When did you, because then I think right around the time when you started to look into martial arts or to get involved in this. Well, it was, it was, it's kind of funny. I, like, it was, I, is it because you're bouncing at the Peel Pub? And no, I, no, no, I was a cook. Okay. No, I was a cook at the Peel Pub. I got a job as a cook, not a bouncer at all. Uh, you know, it's funny. It's funny that part of that story, uh, while I was there working as a cook, I actually had someone uh, come to see me that I owed money from the, from from my drug days. And uh, you know, you try not to go back, and you try not to go back and 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 talk about w- what happened in your life when you know because we're trying to move forward. And for some reason, I had no desire to to continue using drugs for whatever for whatever reason. Like I said, rock bottom. But this guy shows up. He says he he says uh, uh, I owe him money. I said I don't have it. And he literally he, we're in the basement of the peel pub. He wants to, he wants to chat with me. Okay, this fine. is like right out of a movie. Yeah, like I swear. Really dark yeah. alley. So, like, so where's we, my money? <laughs> I don't know. Like I I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm I'm a scared I'm a scared you know twenty year old. I don't know. I I don't know how to fight. I never fought in my life really. And uh, so the guy you know tells me he says, you owe me money. I said you got to pay me. He said well I don't have it. Or you're gonna pay me? I, said, I don't have it. He 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 wound up and he smacked me across the face and he hit me super hard. And I just stopped. And I was stunned. I was, I was like, like, can I swear? Am I allowed to swear? Uh, yeah, this is a this is the way. Yeah, I was shitting my pants pretty much, and I didn't know what to do. So I I looked at him and I just went, hit me again if you want, but I still don't have, I still don't have the money. And he he just got all frustrated. He got like that. He just, he left. I never saw him again. Really? Yeah, yeah. I I. <laughs> I was terrified, terrified. But I mean, what am I supposed to do? You know, I'm not, I, am I going to run? No, he, okay, so I owe you money. Beat me up, get it over with, and, and leave. I mean, I got to work. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I got to go chop some food. Yeah, up in the exactly, yeah. yeah. Do you want to come? I'll have a knife yeah, in my hand. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I really had no no clue. And then, so he left, and I continued working. He never, she never came back. And I actually, you know, uh, to be honest with you, I, I thought about that that day, and I said, I better... I better go do something about any money that I owe. So I went to the people that I owed money to. I said, I'm not going back in that life. So I'm not paying you back. And I'm going to stay away. I'm just stay out of it. You know? <clears throat> and you were I, able I, to walk up to people who you owed money to. Yeah, not that much money, to be honest with you. Okay. But I, I said, uh, uh, I'm not going to 
I'm not going back to that life. To that life. So I'm not going to be paying you. So you have to take it as a loss. And if you have to do something about it, then do something about it. But I won't. And um, was that liberating? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, well, and you're not always looking over. Were you scared that you were always going to be looking over your shoulder? No, not really. Uh, I, maybe it's sometimes, but not not on a not on a, like a regular basis. It wasn't a wasn't that big of a deal to me, to be honest with you. Um, but you know, I I tried to look forward, look ahead more than looking backwards. So that's what I was doing. I was I was really enjoying working at the Pill Pub. It was fun. You know, I, I missed the kitchen. You know, and even though the the owners were a disaster, and there was there was missing you know missing food and missing this and not having enough food to serve the serve the customers it was still fun and uh and i was running around and i'm like i'm really taking control i'm just a cook i wasn't even a head chef the head chef was a moron he was terrible and uh so i'm running around you know trying to make sure the customers are getting their food properly so it's a service thing i loved i love to serve people i loved it so anyway so i got married and then they started moving on to different restaurants and uh and uh yeah i just sort of built my way up built my way up and I worked at, worked at a few different places. Even though I was I was a cook, I was still was a cook, but I really wasn't a chef, right? So every time I would move to a different restaurant, I I would move up a level, right? Move up a level, just like in anything in life, right? You move up a level. There's one place I wanted to work so badly, the Chateau Laurier. I said I got to get in this place. I got to get in there. I love this place. I think it's fantastic. I've handed resumes over and over and over. Nothing. No phone calls. It's a really cool kitchen. Have you seen? Yeah. Yeah. So I finally, <clears throat> I finally, finally bullshit my way in there. <laughs> so, so I, who's the I, okay? Yeah. Who's the head chef at this point? At this point, it, it was a uh, yeah, right. It was a uh, Keith Jones, okay. big, a big dude, big French, big uh, sorry, British dude named uh, Keith Jones. Uh, probably six foot three, six foot four. He had the big chef hat, and he wore clogs. So, like he ends up being twelve feet tall, but um. So I walked in one day. I have this uh, <clears throat> this uh, 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 photo book, photo sorry, photo uh, album of my of my pictures of food. You know, it's a, it's like a just a catalog of my of my work. I walked in one day in the office and I said, uh, I have an I have an interview with with a chef, and they said, Chef Nelson. Yes, I have no clue. I don't I don't know what the guy's name is. I have no idea. They said they said what time? I said oh eleven o'clock. They sort of looked at me confused. They called the chef, and you know they're on the phone back and forth. And they said, "Okay, the chef will see you." So I, I go in the office and I walk into this. I walk into this huge kitchen in the banquet hall where they do all do get the banquet banquet food ready. And I'm like, I am out of my element, but you know what? I'm gonna get this. <laughs> so I went and I had a, had a meeting with the with the chef, and the chef was like, he, she, he introduces himself. My name is so and so. I said, I'm 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 Nabil. And uh, I, I don't. I we had an interview at eleven. Yes, yes. You totally made yeah, this up. Yeah, I said you called me last week. You said come. Well, that's strange because normally we have our our, our services at as at eleven thirty. I just and it's very busy. So I, okay, no problem. So we sat down and went through my my stuff and went through my pictures and went through my resume. And started the next day. So. Sometimes and I told him that. Yeah. You, did him. you end up telling him? I like I had. Him. You, oh, yeah. I ended up telling him about six months we ago. Had no, <laughs> we had no appointment. I walked None. in and Zero. just. 100%. I give full credit. And uh, would this be advice that you would honestly say to. to 100%. People? If you can't if listen. You, want, you know what? You try You try the proper way. Yes. You try it the right way. And then if it doesn't work, then find your way in there. But you know what? 
it's a matter of proving you got to prove yourself that's all it is and i did i proved myself so i i, I tell anyone that if you, you you know fight your way through without lying to the point that you're not actually who you are right so i but mean you, i did lie and, but but you proved it i proved it i wasn't i wasn't something i'm not right and i worked there for for a little while it was fun was fun until I got escorted out of there. Oh my god, what, what have I done? Uh, my listeners are going, Who Uh-oh. and what are we going to be talking about next? Listen, you know what? I'm a man with integrity and pride, and I'm also uh, a protector of the people, apparently. This podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing, they are a new breed of marketing agency that acts as your virtual marketing department designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that will grow your business. I can speak to this personally as I've been using the extension marketing team to help me launch and grow my business. Founder Pat Whalen has been a lifesaver for me, a genuine coach guiding me along the way into uncharted territory. Tell them you're a friend of the show and receive a free one-hour consultation. Check them out at extensionmarketing.com. So it was was a situation where, uh, you know, it was one time where the where the, the head chef was was yelling at a, at a server, and he made her cry. And I was have Have you seen any of the chef shows on of television? Of course, but it doesn't make it right. I mean, is this that's, like a Gordon Ramsay moment? Yeah, like, they, they weren't on TV. <laughs> this is all for TV. You know, that's what they do for TV. You know, and I got upset over that. And then the chef was 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 complaining that I wasn't wearing an apron. Uh, and I have I have like an allergy to 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 metal like a cheap metal and the the, the chef pants they give you they have these little buckles like metal they turn to rust they anyway so I get these rashes on, on my on my stomach and wearing an apron just makes it worse so I tell him I can't wear an apron you know anyway so he would he would, he would give me a hard time all the time and then he he'd give me shit over this give me shit over that and then the, then he made a waitress cry and I just said you know I basically told him to go f himself really and. Um, then he, the, uh, he had a meeting with me in the office. He said, we have to have a talk. So I'm going out of the office. And then he started threatening me, threatening my job. Uh, and then I basically told him to go fuck himself. And uh, I said, I don't really give a shit who you are, what you can do. So we went from no swear words to like 50. Too many? Was like, it too many? In like 30 seconds. Sorry. <laughs> this is me. Hi. <laughs> but anyway, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tone it down a little bit. All right. I oh, know. I'm just so I told him to go. Like I told him. I told him to go frig himself, because he's such a friggin' big jerky jerk. So, so there. Hmm. So he was a big. He was a big jerk. He really was. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, anyway, so I left. I said, you know, what? I'm going back to work. I went back to work. Uh, he had security come up and escort me out of the building. He told he told him that I threatened him. I guess maybe he took it that way, but eh, whatever. So they escorted me out of the building, and then uh, then we had a, had a meeting with with the union reps, which didn't do anything. They didn't didn't help. Um, yeah. So it, it you know it's fun. Go by the Shadow Laurier and appreciate the beauty of the of building. Course, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. It just cool didn't appreciate the, yeah. the, the the person that worked there. You want to know great chefs that have been through there. They have. They like have. I, I I know. You know, I've done so many events there, and I know the chefs well. Like, yeah, I worked with a, I worked with a, a man named Kenton. Kenton was really, oh, you know yes, Kenton. Yes, he was such a such a such a a sweetheart, and he was really fun to work with. I still talk to him today once in a while. Yeah, there's and, there's like a mm. a fraternity of really interesting chefs I find here. Yeah. you know, and, and between all of the major hotels and the mm-hmm. banquet halls, you know, there there's something to it. You know, when yeah. you're at the top of the game, it's really quite interesting. Absolutely, yeah. But, yeah. but it, this the the business is so. 
It's so difficult. I mean, you know, you, you talk about Gordon Ramsay and how he screams and whatever. I, it's, it's so, it's such a stressful job. I get it. Like I understand it. Totally understand it. It doesn't make it doesn't make it okay okay for people to be screaming and whatever. You know, I worked in a rest in a in the hotel. Uh, sorry, at the racetrack in Montreal, a place called uh, Hippodrome, mm-hmm. and the chef there was probably five foot five, uh, and German and spoke with a heavy German accent, and he used to curse all the time whenever he get mad. He throw frying pans across the room, you know. <laughs> It's a stressful job, and I get that, but it doesn't make it okay for, for, for them to be, you know, yelling at us and, and that type of thing. When you go into a restaurant, <clears throat> what do you order? Me? Yeah, like, what kind of food do you appreciate? Uh, everything. Mm. Yeah. But, I'm, like, but I'm, I'm a steak, like I'm the, a steak guy. Yeah, a great, yeah. a good Good steak, steak. medium rare. Medium but rare? do you appreciate... Medium oh, rare? That's the only way you can have a steak is medium rare. That's we have people, when people come over for dinner, and, it, and anyone says, like... Like well done. It's just like <laughs> yeah. We, what are you doing? We, we can't serve. What, you. What's, your husband, what's your husband like? Oh, it's medium, medium rare. rare. Yeah, no, but it's and he does the barbecue, and it's yeah. don't even bother. Like we can't serve you. <laughs> we can't serve you well. Oh, I'm sorry, you well want. I'm sorry, you no. want well done. Uh, we can't the be doors, friends. The doors there. We, we the can't doors be friends there. Yeah. there. Yeah. Okay, so we got chefs. We got everything. I want to get into when is the first time that you walk into a martial <laughs> arts studio and why? Oh, so oh, okay. I was at the Chatelorier. Yeah. So uh, one day I was working, and uh, um, a, a gentleman named a gentleman came up to me. One of the guys I worked with, I can't remember his name. Uh, he's always learning. He's learning some uh, jiu-jitsu moves. And he goes, "Oh, it's really cool." I said, "Jiu-jitsu? What's that?" He tells me, "Oh, it's a place I'm, I'm training at." So and so. He says, "Oh, he says, grab me by the grab me by the back." All right. This is just a bit of a lull in the kitchen, right at that point. So mm-hmm. I goes by the back. And he drops and he, I don't know, does some sort of a kick and weird escape. And it was kind of weird, but it was interesting. Where did you learn that from? He tells me he tells me a place called uh, Terran Jiu-Jitsu, right? Yeah. Which is, I think, the first time we met. Probably. Right? Yeah. Yep. The first time we met uh, at Terran Jiu-Jitsu back in 1904, I believe. 1904, 05, 06, 1906. You mean? 1912? <laughs> it was a while ago. So, <laughs> anyway. So, uh, so, yeah, I said I asked about the place. And uh, I went and signed up, and uh, I paid a year up front, and I, and I just I I've been in love with martial arts ever since. I, I the reason why I decided to go at that point in my life is because things were settled. Uh, I was married, had my first child, I believe. Uh, yeah, Layla was born. Uh, that my second child, uh, John was uh, John was from a previous relationship, so Layla was born, and I had time to start training. Uh, and uh, since I was a kid, though, I've always loved Bruce Lee. It's, it's the old story, right? Bruce Lee, of course. But he did, uh, you know, Wing Chun, Kung Fu, and that type of thing. But this stuff was jiu-jitsu, the Japanese-style martial art. But it, it's, it was martial arts, no matter what it was. But I believe that I was destined to start that style of martial arts because it, it led me to the career that I had. It was the right way. It was the right way to get to where I wanted to go. Was it the physical? What did you enjoy about stepping in to the room? Or when when is the process for you that you're about to go participate? You know, if either if it was for a workout or for a fight, is it the moment you start to put on? I shouldn't remember the name of what they're called. Put on what kimono? Yeah, kimono? like when you put the on gi? the gi. That's it. Yeah, gi gi is actually a term of respect, so that's okay. why they use the word t- gi. Okay. But the actual uh, clothing itself is called the kimono. Okay. Right, it's like a robe. Right. right. Uh, I how much time we have? Uh, well, I've I've used like my first half hour with you really? on crazy stories I talk a lot. that Sorry. I had no Sorry. idea about. So okay, so let's get welcome into to this. my world. It's my world. We'll get into what? Oh yeah. So yes. Uh, 
so I, when I walked in, uh, I noticed it was all respect. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sensei, and this and respect and da da da. And it was very people were very kind and that type that type thing. And I'm like, wow, this is a real different world than I, what I'm used to, right? Mm-hmm. You know, effing this and effing that, and you know, selling drugs and whatever. And even though I'm out of that world, it's just it's very different it's and it, it, very foreign to me. But uh, it's something I thrived towards. I'm like, wow, I really love this. I love this respect and people and love and blah blah blah. And I, so I started training, and I was like, I just like I sucked it right up. I sucked it up so much. So you didn't fight it. You didn't fight the discipline. Of no, no, not a, no, no. I know I fell. Up, I fell, fell right in into line. it. Fell right into right into it. I loved it so much. Was because it maybe it was something so you had been lacking? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Been been lacking a lot. I was I was a brat. I was a brat, and hence why I went through those problems I had. I was a brat and a half. Uh, did my point? My parents spoil me. I'm not sure if they did, but I didn't. Maybe I spoiled myself. Right, maybe that's what happened. I spoiled myself, and I turned into a bit of a bit of an idiot. Um, I was pretty cocky too when I, when I was a kid. But this this martial arts thing was very um, Brian Aylward. Love you, Brian. Brian uh, gets me hard. Brian, and I, Brian, and I are very good friends today. He started uh, he started me in the martial arts uh, uh, journey. He was my first instructor. He gave me my yellow belt. I love him. I love him for that. Uh, uh, it was very different. Like, you know, bowing, yes, sensei, and os sensei. Os just means uh, yes with respect, that type of thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, help cleaning the gym and help be part of the team. And we all do group group events together. And I started bringing that home. That's that, you know, things with my kids. And, you know, and then I started bringing my kids to the gym. And, the, and then notice that they started, you know, Doing the, all the same things, it was just an amazing, amazing tr- transformation, honestly. <clears throat> but at the same time, you know, it's it's an addiction that you 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 have that you have to realize. Okay, well, is this a good addiction or is this a bad addiction? Right, everybody has addictions. Right? I almost feel like it's like a split experience. While yeah, one yeah. side of your brain is being calmed and following order and discipline yeah. and respecting the nature of what it is that you're doing and then mm. the other side is like not vi- not violent but it's it's um it's almost like a choreographed attack or outlet or physical it's like two things battling each other at the same right, time right right so here's here's the here's the interesting part about about the martial arts so the martial arts part so when i t- when i talk about martial arts there is martial arts and there's fighting i completely i consider them two different things okay when you watch a martial artist doing a technique or a move or whatever they're, whatever they're doing, maybe it's on stage or maybe they're demonstrating, you have to look at it as an art of the body, right? It's an art of the body, how the body moves, how the body reacts, and, and how um, some things will will react differently and some things will move a certain way, that type of thing. But, but fighting is different. Fighting is totally different. Okay, what about a martial arts at the Olympics? So let's say a karate or a jiu-jitsu. So what are we seeing there? So here's the, here's okay. the, here's the thing, right? So when I talk about martial arts, it's martial arts. It's an art. It's an art of the body and how it moves. Fighting is actual fighting. You have to defeat someone with it with the skills and 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 muscle reaction and action reaction and muscle memory that you have trained before. But the thing is that you're going to be different than her, right? And Joe, Joe Blow is going to come here. He's got different skills than you have. So I have to sort of 
adapt. If you're doing karate and you're doing a kata, kata which just means like a demonstration of certain moves, right? If you're doing a kata, this, 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 kick, move, and you're doing it by yourself, <clears throat> and you do that against someone who knows the kata, maybe someone who doesn't know the kata, you're going to have two different actions, reactions, always. So that is an art. Doing your kata, your karate, karate kata is an art. It's an art of movement and out, and, you know, certain movements, certain kicks, certain punches. But fighting is more than more than that, way more than that, way more than that, way more than that. It's up here as well. Okay, you're pointing to your, you're pointing to the mind. Hundred percent. How painful? Is there a point where the pain of being hit and being scraped and <laughs> like, I mean, like. Okay, tell you what. How about this? How about you're, you're walking down, uh, you're walking down the street, maybe on a winter, and you slip and you fall. And you hip your hit, your hip, your you hit your your hip or your head or your shoulder. Uh, how much does it hurt? Does it hurt right away, or does it hurt only a few seconds later? Because the, the initial shock, you're like, oh, uh, yeah. You don't really. It feel takes it. your breath away for a second. You don't really feel it until a few seconds later when the adrenaline drops. Right. But, yeah, but at that point, you're still back fighting. But but your adrenaline's still here when you're fighting. You're still, your adrenaline's still here. So you're not feeling the hits and the blows. You are, but it's, I, but so it's then not. I'm assuming like the next morning you can't move your body. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So uh, a shout out to Mark Holtz. Mark Holtz. What's up, buddy? I, I fought Mark Holtz uh, twice. Uh, second time, he kicked my legs so many times. <laughs> Mark, my leg was really sore the next day. My leg was really sore. But during the fight, I kept going, come on, hit me again. Slap my leg. Come on, kick me again. Kick me again. Because that's just the way it is. You have to say, no, that doesn't hurt. Come on, try it again. It's part of the fighting. You have to, it's, it's a mental, uh, it's a mental, mental fighting. It really is. Like, like it really, you have to let them know. It's, keep trying. Try it again. Okay, when you're, when you're now in, so I, I look at um, the martial arts, right? Mm -hmm. And I've covered so much of the karate and the right. jiu-jitsu and you have, you know, you have the space that you're doing it in. When you the put cage. yourself in a cage <laughs> yeah. with, not the the kimono or the gi yeah, or exactly. the respect <laughs> or anything else. Respect, and it's is, respect like, right? is there. Respect yeah. is there. Okay. Yeah. You're, I mean, the, the sense of being in a cage is like these caged animals. So where do you... Are you, you... calling us animals? That's not cool. I, well... She I just mean, called us animals. I First have seen... Oh, right, she called I, me a teddy bear. She called I'm, me a teddy bear. I did right. call you a teddy bear. <laughs> but you've cried like four <laughs> times in Whatever. this podcast. You've Whatever. cried more than anybody else ever been in here. So first, this is great. When you're when you step into a cage, what do you feel like? I mean, and you're on you're it's you're on spectacle. It's like a fish in an aquarium. Everyone's just kind of staring. It's a it's an adrenaline rush. It's also a fear that you're going to fail. It's also a goal. It's also um, a love. A love to learn about yourself. That's 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 what goes through my mind the whole, the whole time. So <clears throat> it's not just fighting. It really isn't just fighting. It's 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 um it's building your character. When you when I when I go to fight somebody and I know I could like example, I when I'm out with some friends or somebody recognizes me and say, oh, you must be so tough in the bars or tough. Oh, not tough at all. I have no, no no desire to fight anywhere else. Why? 
Why? We take a chance that this guy's going to stab me? What, what's the point of that? No, I have no desire to do that. Some guy's some guy on the street and he's got these issues. He's got personal issues to fight me. Why? I'm not, I have no desire to beat up a guy because he's got personal issues or he's, he's angry over something, his girlfriend, or I, whatever the case. It's never happened to me. But I, I have no desire. But in the cage, you're both there literally, literally, you're getting paid. First of all, it's a, it's a nice paycheck. But you're, you're there literally to try and uh, overcome your personal fears. Is there respect that the other fighter is doing the exact same thing that you're doing? Not every fighter is the same, but I think for the most part, most most fighters are there because they know that uh, it's first of all it's a job, and they know that it's not it has nothing to do with with uh, disrespect. It's a job. It's a job, and their goal is to is to um, to win by by the rules, right? Hence, why we have rules. If we didn't have rules, then it's what's what's the point of it? So you also have to go in there and say, okay, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. So that means I have to use my skill levels and work towards, you know, a, a win in, in those, with those, within those rules. Do you appreciate that everyone's coming in? And I think this is what I found was interesting when I first started to learn about it is that there's so many different backgrounds. There's so many different martial art backgrounds of where people have their expertise and their training. So you'll have somebody who's really good at grappling around the floor, but then you have someone who's really good at you know, at something else, at something else that kick, you know, so like yeah. you have one that's good standing on their feet. You have somebody that's good being down on the ground and that's where the entertainment is. It's like, how do you, how do you get to that point? The, the, you know, it's funny cause they're the changing of the guards has been, you know, once every two or three years when we're, if we're talking about the UFC, the biggest team, biggest shows out there. And I say change of the guards, meaning, you know, there's been a certain, a certain crew of top fighters, you know, Chuck Liddell and, Randy Couture and those type of things. You know, I'm talking, I'm talking ancient history, but, but so when those guys were around, they were around for a long time because they're wrestling, because they have their, their striking skills and whatever. But then, a couple of years later, all of a sudden, there's a whole new crew. Now they're these guys are sitting aside because they're either they're older or, or there's a whole new set of skills being added to their, to their repertoire. And then every few years, these these changes of the guards terms shorten. Now it's like literally every three months, you see a whole new crew coming up. Everyone is putting their skills together so rapidly. I can't keep up. It's I can't even keep up with with who's on top these days. Uh, they are starting to add all kinds of skills. They're starting to add, you know, the, before it used to be wrestling, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, nothing more. Then they started adding Taekwondo. Started, you know, somebody started using. Some, sometimes people are so athletic that a traditional martial arts works for them. Then somebody started using karate, karate movement. But I mean, it's kicks and punches, guys. It's kicks and punches. Oh, come on. It's kicks and punches. We have Karate Kid. There's that, yeah, there's that famous kid. kick. <laughs> <laughs> They're standing yeah, on one I'd leg like to for see like 30 try seconds. That. I'd like to see somebody, that try that. somebody try that in UFC. But it, you know what I'm saying? It's like, So you can call it whatever you want, right? I call it striking. They can call it Muay Thai. Oh, that was a Muay Thai elbow or that was a Muay Thai kick. It's a kick. He kicked it a certain way. You know, and uh, I, I, just, I find the mentality behind it quite interesting as well because, it, okay, that was a Taekwondo kick. I have mean, seen a karate guy do the same move. Oh, is, that, is that a karate guy? Is that a karate kick or is it a Taekwondo? It, it, makes, no, it makes no sense to me. Uh, as, long as, as long as the skills work for each individual, then that's great because everyone's different. Everybody's different. Right. And everyone's different coming in to be able to participate in this yeah. the first time, right? So let's go to that. Who's walking into, so we have Bushido, right? Team Bushido, yeah, yeah. So you have a young, a parent bringing in a young child who they're coming in because they want them just to be physically active. Mm -hmm. You've got a parent coming in because their child's feeling bullied 
in the yeah. schoolyard or is lacking self-confidence mm -hmm. or doesn't speak up for themselves. You've got uh, a middle-aged man coming in in the middle of a life crisis, kind of going, "I got to do oh, something." Like right? Okay. <laughs> you weren't you weren't quite midlife by the time when you yeah, when yeah. you got in there. Uh, you've got you know a mom coming in or a woman coming in for self-defense or just to feel better after having a baby. Like you see everything now coming everything, in the doors. Yeah. yeah. So how I approach how I approach every person is always different. It always depends on what their what their goal is and what their reason is, of course. Are people honest about their reasoning? No. Okay. No. Uh, well, I shouldn't say no. I, I'd say I'd say they're miss they misunderstand they misunderstand themselves as to why they want to start. Uh, and I say that because I say that because more times than others, the people that have told me the reasons why they started, and then by the time they start, by the time they get into the program, their attitude has changed a bit, right? A lot of times I get, this is like 90% of the time, it's like, oh, I want to get in shape first. So, well, it doesn't matter. You get it. This is what the whole purpose of getting you here is to get you in shape. So uh, Leanne Lang, who is uh, you know, in great shape because of your Olympic background. Olympic I'm, background? Not, I'm not the Olympics. Well, but I mean, you're, I was, you're, I was what, an you're elite tumbling. gymnast. Yes. Yeah, elite, yeah, you're an elite gymnast, right? So you come in, let's say Leanne Lang comes in, you're an elite gymnast, and you say, uh, uh, I mean, I'm already in great shape, which I get this a lot as well. I'm already in great shape because I do triathlons. And so on. Uh, so it's not a problem. All right, sure, let's go. Take your first class. See how you feel. Uh, it's very different. <laughs> you'll you because it's a different movement, right? Mm -hmm. You'll know you know as well as I do. If you do tumbling or, or whatever the case you do, you just it doesn't mean you can throw you know hundred punches in, in, in three minutes. It does not the same. So uh, people have a different uh, idea when they start and they they fall in love with it because it's very different than anything else they've ever done. Um. For self-defense, it's fantastic, but I won't lie to them. I won't tell them, you're not, you're, this is not Krav Maga. This is not like, you know, kick somebody in the groin and gouge the eyes out. It, it, it's, But you will start to understand the confidence that you need to be aware of your environment, number, number one, and to be able to say to yourself, if something happens, I have some tools. But you know what? If I'm teaching you how to kick and punch, why do I have to teach you to kick and punch the groin? You know where the groin is. Kick and punch the groin. What's the difference? You know what I mean? So if I'm going to give you a Krav Maga class, okay, knee to the groin and, and this and then eye gouge, you know how to eye gouge somebody. Why do I have to teach you how to eye gouge somebody? That, it doesn't make sense to me. So if I teach you how to kick and punch and, know, and, and teach you how to use force, right? If I want to punch you in the face for a sport, great. If I want to punch you in the groin because of self-defense, why do I have to teach you that? Does it make sense? So uh, that's what I that's why I'm honest with 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 my clients. I tell them, but well, this is a very very good self defense. Uh, and on the ground for jujitsu, we'll teach you how to how to you know submit people or at least protect yourself as much as you can. But I also I also won't lie about uh, size. If you know if you're a five foot five foot two woman, 120 pounds, and you have a guy who's 200 pounds and he grabs you, there's not shit you can do. Nothing. I don't care how much of a good jujitsu person you are. You got to run. You run your ass off and get the hell out of there. Straight up. I mean, there's, there's only so much so much a person can do. But I mean, in that sense, they're also going to learn how to be confident and also learn that they need to get in shape. That's the first thing about self-defense is to be in shape. But getting in shape means you can sprint and get the hell out of there. So that's what I believe. Well, we crossed off women's self-defense uh, there you go. <laughs> as part of your attitude right there. No, hey, look, look, no. women's self-defense. I, 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 not that I don't think it's good. It's great. But look, if you're only going to do Krav Maga or, or, or some sort of a, like, like a, 
uh, weapons uh, defense and, and, and that type of thing. You're learning to kick the groin and elbow the face and gouge the eyes out. That's fantastic. I'm not saying it's not good at all. All I'm saying is that if you're if you walk into a place and it's a Muay Thai gym or an MMA gym, you're still going to learn how to how to how to you know defend yourself. The thing is that if you're going to do just eye gouging and just knee knee striking that type of thing, and it's just for self defense, fantastic. Then do that. But you need to get in shape regardless. So go to the gym, hit the hit the sprints, hit the treadmill, because that stuff is not going to get you in shape. You know, they may maybe get you, maybe they'll get no, you. No, I, I understand you know, that. Yeah. I, I do understand that. And I think there's some awareness that I think every woman needs to have yeah. being in a, in a compromising 100%. situation. Yeah. Can we talk about the, can we talk about the kids? Because yeah. I know that it's, once you started to feel what this was doing, you immediately brought your children yeah. into it. So I forced how them. are you? I forced, I forced them. <laughs> how are you now when you see young children come in and what do you want to be able to do with them? Kids, I want them to learn. I first of all, we have great kids instructors, Shauna Page, who's fantastic, and we have Jerry Well Pardo. I love you guys. You guys are great. Um, they they are very very good. Jerry Well is more the competitive side uh, for jiu-jitsu for the kids, and then Shauna is is also competitive, but she's more the disciplinary. Uh, not that you're not good, Jerry. You're very good with disciplining kids. Okay, but you 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 bring in discipline right off the yeah, bat. Yeah, well, 100%. Most, most people, I, they go, my kids go to soccer practice. It's not like it's discipline. <laughs> no, soccer you know, moms right. and, and, no, hey, hockey moms, don't come knock on. My, don't come knock on. us moms right <laughs> Listen, now. Listen, I, I had a group of, uh, I had a group of hockey hockey team, uh, a, group, a big hockey team come to my gym for me to teach them some some fitness training. And I know what hockey moms are like. So I take I took 25 kids and put them on my mat, and I had like ladder drills and all kinds of stuff happening. But before I started them, I sat all the parents down. I said, look at all, I looked at all the parents. I said, listen, I know what your hockey parents are like. Right now, the kids are on the mat. They're my kids. So, and they went a few times. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm used to being coached. So, yeah, I, of course. I, I'm, the, I'm the parent that drops off and yeah. then picks up. Yeah, because there you go. Smart. The, the, the two hours they're at to training, do it. it's the coach's response. Have to do it, yeah. It's them. And if they're out of line, please. You know, put yeah. them in line. Discipline, so, discipline is it's very important for the kids because they, they it, I mean, it, it falls in line with home. It falls in line with school. Uh, you know, it, we are a school, so we have to teach. So what's what we're doing? We're not going to just teach kids how to beat each other up. They still have to learn how to respect respect their, their leaders, respect who's coaching them, whether it's the teacher, the mom, the, the dad, or, or the, the martial arts instructor. It's, it's just important for them to, to realize that, you know, you're in an environment where you're learning, and if you're, you're not going to be able to learn if you're, you're sitting there fooling around. It, it's simple as that. Who have you seen the classes most benefit? What kind of children? Uh, really, kids with with uh, with with the AD, ADHD and ADD, and uh, uh, we have we have one child who has um, who's autistic, and man, it has helped him so much. I love that kid. He's a sweetheart. His dad, he, his dad loves uh, loves us so much, and he's, he brings him like four or five times a week. He's adorable. Wow. He's really adorable. And uh, he just runs off and just says things. He and he walks in. He walks in the gym. He looks like hi Dale. He walks by. He's like four years old. Hi Dale. Hi Dale. He's hi there. He says hi Dale. Hi Dale. And he walks in. He's adorable. And um, yeah, it's like it really helps. I had when I was in Rockland. We had a gym in Rockland. I had uh, Patrick Hines, who uh, was who had Down syndrome, who was one of my one of my favorite students ever. Uh, and he's all grown up now. Uh, also has his, has his black belt, I believe. Uh, what, what's it like? Speaking of belts, like when you when kids or people graduate from one belt level to another, 
it's it's uh it's a it's 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 a real uh, progression and a real uh, it's a real pride thing for them. You know, we don't we don't just hand out belts. Uh, we don't just give away belts and stripes. Stripes are just like the in between uh, belts. We give them little stripes on the on their belt. They really really uh, they start they start to change, you know. And I say that about kids, but you know what? When I was when I started training, I started to change. It's like, yeah, check this new belt. I, I when I got when I got a new belt, you know, starting in martial arts, I wore it at home. Said, Look, honey, look what I got. <laughs> it's cool. I got a little yellow belt. Yeah, yeah, yellow belt. It was pretty cool. You know, it, it's it's just, you know, whether it's at work or or, or 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 at play. I mean, you're you're learning and you're getting better, and you have to be. People have to recognize you're getting better, and if they don't recognize you're getting better, and you don't get a, a small, at least a small pat on the back, and it's not it's not like. It's not like you won sixth place. It's not like you won fifth place. As they or you won a participation medal. You, you put in the work. You You've put in the work. It. Yeah, you earned it. Does yeah. a lot go into that? Hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. We we do a lot of. Uh, we make sure that they 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 learn the, the techniques and they're done properly. And at least if they're if they're putting the effort. I mean, if the kids the kids are just physically unable to do certain moves, as long as, as long as they put the forward the effort towards it, and we know that we've tried it 10, 15, 16 times, and they just can't seem to seem to get exactly perfect. It'll come, but they're putting the effort. That's the important part, right? And what about the middle-aged man coming in who says, "I'm, I'm either I'm already in shape, but I want to try something new, or I want to get in shape." Do you just smile when they walk in the door? Always, I always smile. <laughs> Smiling is, is important; otherwise, uh, they'll run away. What's usually the trigger for them walking in? Uh, a lot of times, it, it, like almost every single person comes in, I want to get back into shape. It's always I want to get back into shape. I, I, I always take it with a grain of salt and go, okay, well, you're never really in shape, really, compared to what you've ever done before, because they're different. And hence what I was talking about earlier, about you know whatever sports you did before, it's not the same. Uh, sometimes we get big muscle guys come in, and they want to try it, but they don't usually last, because it's it's a passion, right? You really have to have understand it. it's a passion. So if you're a bodybuilder, and you actually enjoy it, I hate lifting weights. I hate it. I do it like six times a week. I hate it. I was going to say, you look like you lift weights. Yeah, so I, but I hate it, yeah. Okay. I don't like it. I only do it because I don't I do not do enough of the other training. I didn't do a lot of lifting when I was fighting through my career. Uh, it's just so much work. Jesus, these things are heavy. Why the hell they put these things there? Anyway, lifting weights and putting them down. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we either, some people have a passion for lifting weights and you know building the muscles and, and, the, and the inflammation of the, of, the, of the muscles and so on. I, it's, it just doesn't, doesn't do anything for me. People love that, and you either you either love that, or you love the martial arts, or you love you, you know. You can love both. Very very rare, honestly, very rare. There, I'm sure there is, but it's very rare. I have a couple of guys that do lift weights, but they don't lift weights to the point of you know. Okay, they're not they're not yeah. trying to be. Yeah, they're just they really do they do it's a supplement. At a yeah, show, right? yeah, yeah. So if you find somebody who who, do, who does stage work, okay, you don't find you don't find them in that. The I see, yeah. but I think you can have people who enjoy being at the gym, lifting weights, and yeah, going yeah. to a class. Yeah, but not to the point of of you know of being on stage. Yeah, you're right, hundred percent. Uh, we when we first started our gym, we we when we first restarted our gym in Ottawa, we were in the back of a of a bodybuilding gym. They had a small space. And we tried to bring a few guys in, and we had one or two guys come in, and there's the muscle mass they couldn't, they couldn't keep up, and they said, ah, "I'll just keep lifting weights." And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just it's not it's not what we do. Um, so you have to really have a, a, a passion and and patience because 
not everyone progresses at the same time. Right? We're going back to the belts. So uh, some people will take, you know, three years to get a blue belt. Some people will take, you know, five years. Some, be- some people will take a year and a half. It all depends on how much time you put in, uh, if you're physically able, um, if you're if you're learning a technique fast enough. I'm, I'm the worst when it comes to learning, learning a technique. Nowadays, it's much better. But when I first started, it took me forever to learn anything. And I'm physically not. I mean, people say, oh, you're an athlete. I'm not an athlete. I'm like the worst athlete you'll ever meet. I'm, I, have the slow, I have a slow muscle fiber. I'm the slowest fighter you'll ever see. Like, I'm not fast at all. I'm just hard-headed. I don't quit. That's, that's the thing about me. You know, 40-some-odd fights, I've just, I, just don't, I just don't quit. I don't like to quit. You know, I quit one time because I broke my arm in a fight in Calgary. I quit another time because the guy choked me out. That never happened again. Never got choked again, ever, because I learned. But you're retired. I retired, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was that to say, that's the last time I'm stepping in the ring? What was it like? Yeah. Or what was the reason? Both. Both? Uh, the reason was because uh, I had five five losses in a row, and I always make excuses. Wow, they were all younger. Because I actually like saw that. I did do my research, and did I did. Well, did I didn't. Did I, research, my research did not turn up oh, the first twenty years me. of your life. But I saw <laughs> that the last the last couple of fights were losses, and yeah. so I I wondered. Couple, you don't, don't be. I think there were five. There was five. Oh, there see? was five. Five mm-hmm. losses. Yeah. Uh, and I, I always make excuses. Yeah, but they were they were decision losses. I didn't I didn't tap out. And no, it's the man in me that's gonna that's gonna say that, or the macho, or the the pride in me. Uh, but it's true though. I didn't I didn't tap out. I fought all fought all the way through. And a few of the fights, I thought that I won uh, because I put more. Uh, you know, I did more takedowns or whatever the case. But the guys were younger. They had more energy. They had more whatever. You know, and it, and it just it was hard. And uh, you know, this year I contemplated t- coming back. I said I told I told a big promoter. Sure. I, I swear to God, I would. I, I did told. We, did we cover this? You're fifty. I'm fifty. Fifty. Fifty years old. Yeah, but look. You want to go back? Oh hell yeah! In oh, a hey. ring. Yeah, oh, because it's 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 a cage. Okay. Stop. Sorry, I want Don't to go back it. in the cage. <laughs> okay, so I want to go back in the cage. But I told myself I won't fight anybody unless they're this they're forty and up. And there's guys out there that still want to come back. So I had one guy that that will come back. He's fifty two. Uh, he's still in good shape, but he, he's smaller than me. So I'm, I'm two hundred fifteen pounds right now. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe. Why maybe. would you want to? Because it's fun. It's, so it's it's your. <laughs> it is fun. Can I? Is it fair to say there's almost like an addictive aspect to it that this was the replacement for? It could be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, but I mean, I I haven't fought in 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 five years, so it's not. I wouldn't call it. It's. I wouldn't. Are call you it, not enjoying not hurting every day, and that your body isn't sore or? My body's still sore. It is. Yeah, it's always sore. I mean. <laughs> Your nose is a little sideways, like mine. Like mine. I've broken my nose so many times that mine's like. She just mentioned my nose. No. What's wrong with my nose? <laughs> yeah, screw it. I had five surgeries on it already. Yeah. Okay. How many? Um, I've I've broken it three times. How? Um, I was a gymnast, so I landed on my face a lot. I but would, you're not supposed to land on your face when you're no, but when you don't rotate. I'm supposed enough, to get my face or, punched. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> I was waiting yeah, for right. the third break or the fourth break so that I could actually have it fixed when I was lying on the table. Yeah. I'm like, could you just make it smaller and not as pointy? But that that opportunity. Can never you came. breathe? Uh, yeah, I can. So I I, I didn't I didn't yeah. qualify for the. Can you please make my nose not look like Barbara Streisand? Mm. So, <laughs> in closing, because like that's how fast time flies. It does. Well, not everyone can go to. Like, there's people that are listening to this in all different places. So yeah. what would you recommend when people are trying to find a place or an instructor or um, when they walk into a gym, uh, to a martial arts studio? 
what should the what are the questions they should be asking and the environment like what do you want them to have as their almost like their mission statement it's really it's very important for you to to be happy and comfortable with your instructor end of story it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what martial arts you do and if you if you've never done martial arts before and you really don't know what martial arts to do you can look up videos and stuff but you know what you won't really know until you actually do it you won't know what you like until you actually do it right so i would recommend you go to try all the martial arts out there if you're really really unsure and don't just go into the first one and say this is the one i like no try it all right that's for someone but then say you have like a a 10 year old boy who's mm-hmm. like hey mom i want to go do this same concept same same thing absolutely it, the, for, especially for kids number one number one for kids the kids uh, and the parents have to be comfortable with the instructor right if you're comfortable with that one instructor and there's no one else that they're comfortable with in that in that environment then go to a different place they have to be comfortable with the, with the instructor and the instruction and the whole environment of the gym bar none that's the one of the most important things whether he's learning, learning taekwondo jiu-jitsu or karate or whatever the case because if the instructor is teaching them correctly whether it's the technique or or anything else it's a matter of of what they're trying to build in this child the character that's number one you're building a character in, in, in the child you know trying to build their confidence trying to build their their self-esteem and, and that type of thing whether the technique is done properly or not that's important but way more important is the, is the character of the individual for me and will you be able to see that if you have an incredibly shy or introverted child to put them in that environment how yeah. can you tell that there's a connection uh well if someone is shy if a child is shy and it takes you know two, three, four times for them to sort of open up to the instructor. As long as they, as long as you see progress step by step, a little bit by bit, which we see in our gym a lot, uh, then you know they're they're in the right place. And that's what I tell parents too. I said, look, I, I'll tell them. I said, bring them in, let them. You know, I said, Shauna's very good. Jira's Jira's very very good. And then when they when they start to to uh, realize that they're in good hands. Then they'll start to open up, and then they'll be more comfortable with the with the instructor, and then start doing what they're told. And because a lot of times they'll sit back and be shy and not and not do any technique because it, it's they're just either scared or, or unsure. And there's nothing wrong with that. We just leave them aside. We just wait till they're comfortable. And once they're comfortable, then they start joining us. So that I think is is number one, most important thing is to be comfortable with the instructors. And then for the anxiety, emotional release of people, do you yeah. see that coming out? Like oh, the stress oh, so of work, much. the stress of so home, mar- like relationship. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it comes out. They, they, people, the people have told me, people have told me all the time how much they love, uh, love coming to the gym because by the time they're done a class, they're like, stress at work is just gone. Anything at, at home, they just, uh, I've had, I've had candid, candid conversations with, with many students on a private, private level about their, their private life. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's quite the therapy. I'll tell you that it's quite the therapy for people coming to train because they feel like they can open up and, and talk about stuff stuff that's happening outside outside their outside their uh, their training. So, so in between kicks and punches, it's that was for my boss. Yeah, <laughs> this was for my yep. spouse. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> this is how frustrated I am with my kids. Yeah. and it and it. There's hey, listen, I I I'll, I won't lie to you. It's happened to me. I've had I've had days where you know today I wanted to go do this and go do this and go do this to. You know, and then do this because of that happened. Use, and then I said, "Oh, I have to make sure I get to the gym." So I go to the gym, and I I did a workout for about an hour and a half. And by the time I was done, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna do any of that stuff." You're good. True story. And in closing, thing you're most the accomplishment out of all the list of things. What are you most proud of? Kids, all three of them. 
And I know. <laughs> You're going to get me again. I'm not going to cry this time. I'm not crying this time. Maybe I will. So my kids are my most amazing accomplishments, all three of them. Layla, Nadia, and Jonathan. Love you guys. Hopefully they'll be proud listening to this. Be like, there's, there's dad. <laughs> yeah. There's dad crying. Yeah, that's, they know. They see me crying <laughs> all the time. That's great. <laughs> they know. Next time they, they wouldn't talk they, about yeah, no, but like we didn't honestly, talk about acting career. What happened? We're done already. You know why? Because we, I talk too much. Because we're over an hour right yeah. now. We're over an hour. Uh, we can't. Like I mean, I mentioned that he wants to act. He's doing stunts. He's I doing am acting. You are acting. I should say I've seen some of the. I've, I saw some of the demo. Yeah, there's lots of stuff on your. There's stuff on your website. Yeah. There's even him chopping. So we'll send people to your website. I do it. Yeah. Yeah, because you know I saw you chop an onion. Wait, there was an onion. A chicken, an onion, celery, maybe I don't know. Yeah, mushrooms, mushrooms, or something. Anyway, you yeah. had the proper technique down, and it was just like chop, 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 chop. You know that that audition was for McDonald's, and I got it. <laughs> I got the gig. It was a McDonald's, yeah, it was a McDonald's commercial. <laughs> and you know what? They only saw my hands. That's all they saw was my hands. I know, but you, were you chopping away? I know they didn't get me chopped nothing. But that was the that was, that was the that audition. was the audition for. They wanted me to chop vegetables. Okay, and I, I was will... washing lettuce <laughs> for McDonald's. That was weird. Um, I will say though. My description of you, because I saw some of the other, the like, there's pictures of you in character. Right. Like, you are exactly that. Like, right out of, like, diehard villain, right? You've, got, you've gotten cast pretty well. I've got, yeah, I'm a cop or a bad guy. Either one. It's like, a there's cop no or a bad guy. Yeah, there's, like, no in between. I want to be the daddy. I want to be the uncle. I want to be the whatever, the neighbor. But, no, it's always a cop or a bad guy. Can you, yeah. can you memorize scripts pretty easily? Uh, no, and... Yes. Although those don't usually have long monologues, the yeah. cop and the bad guy. It's usually no, no. My my lines are my lines are pretty 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 good. Yeah, my lines are pretty good. They're they're not more not monologues, but the this the 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 lines I have to memorize are more about the situation and and my goal really. So the lines are are important, but it's more about getting getting through the getting through the goal of what the situation is. So so sometimes I can ad lib quite a bit, quite a bit. So you're allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah. Especially if it's a fight scene. Yeah, those are really well choreographed. I haven't done one fight no. scene yet, not one. That, I, that shocks me. Yeah, I know, that right? Shocks me. I've done like what a dozen films or so, and and not 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 one fight scene. Who do you compare yourself to as an actor? Oh God, I've never even thought of that. Who's honestly. the Who's the guy who's the mechanic? Uh, do you know who? Oh, I'm uh, Chris. Um, no, that's uh, the mechanic is. Uh, oh, tell me, do I weren't live with with with? Oh my gosh! Something. That's who you remind me of. Really. Isn't that Chris something or other? No. No, Christian what? Bale. No. No, that's uh Oh Come on. Look it up. Now I'm like picking up my phone as we're wrapping this up. The mechanic is? The mechanic. When he lost like a thousand pounds? No, but that's like who's the mechanic? Who's the actor? Um, oh, Jason Statham. They, thank you. I'm that's thinking, it. I'm, I'm thinking of Jason Statham. I'm thinking of another movie. Uh yeah, I get that that's, too. That's Jason, kind of that's how I see you. I get Jason Statham and I get Randy Couture. Yeah. There you go. I mean I wish I could. I, I wish I could be like. I wish I could have. I wish I could have his accent. I don't have his accent. No, I don't. I don't well, have his accent. But you do. You have. You do a lot of different voices, like right. You can yeah, do? I do some accents. Yeah. Okay, leave us off no, with a couple. No, 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 come no. On, leave us off with a no, couple accents. I'm already on like no. way over time. You got me on. You got me. On, you got me. You put me on the spot. What sort of? What sort of? What sort of uh, accent are you looking for? Is that good? That was good. What sort of accent are you looking for? <laughs> no, it's terrible. <laughs> it's way, better, got, yeah, yeah. way better than I could have done. <laughs> all my accents sound the same. They mm. all sound the same. Uh, thank you so much. This was really a nice, uh, fun, right? like, entertaining, learning, like, 
mind kind of going, I had no idea. No idea. And then a lot the, of people the first 20 minutes, I'm like, what did I get myself into? So where can people find more information on the martial arts, uh, on you and the movie career? Like you've got everything. Uh, well, if you want to check out the martial arts, we have a website called teambushido.com or just go to ottawagetsfit.com. It's very simple. Uh, and for me, it's uh, nabilkatib.com for my acting side. And uh, if you guys want to check me out at the Waverly, I'm at the Waverly as well. Go say and hi. Go new come gym. say hi at the, the new general manager of the Waverly. We're on Elgin. It's gonna be uh, the food is fantastic and the the vibe is amazing. And uh, the income team, I'll give you a free drink, one free drink, one free drink. Come check us out and say hi. I uh, really appreciate it, yeah. and uh, I will have that in my show notes and let people know where they can find you. And uh, it's really quite interesting. But I really appreciate the out- the onset, the outlook of of the fighting and the it's mental. Very, it's very very different. Capacity. Yeah, sometimes people don't. Uh, sometimes people in our in our uh business don't tell i don't say don't tell the truth but they don't tell it all well i thought you were incredibly honest yeah five two and 120 pounds and a 200 pound year don't do it just run always that is a wrap on this edition of living your life with leanne lang want to say thank you so much to everyone who's listening and thank you for liking and sharing and subscribing and commenting on the podcast being able to help it grow and continue to see growth is so nice every night to kind of look in like oh more people were listening last night more people today so it's great to be able to see thanks so much everyone have a great day peace that was good what happens when we play outside we become healthier both mentally and physically we become more creative and more focused we connect with nature each other and ourselves let's take this outside a new podcast hosted by me marianne iveson an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover i speak to athletes outdoor professionals and scientists about their connection to nature how it affects their performance and everyday life let's take this outside available on apple podcasts spotify and google podcasts and at ivisonvoice.com slash podcast